Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Future in Review podcast. I'm Barrett Anderson, the COO of Future in Review. And for those of you who have never heard of Future in Review before, we run the annual FIRE conference, which The Economist has called the best technology conference in the world. Uh, FIRE 2023 will take place November 6th through 9th at the Terranea Resort in Palos Verdes, California. Uh, it's limited to 200 people, so if you're interested in signing up and attending, uh, we recommend buying your ticket early. Um, and uh, the other arm of our business, Strategic News Service, provides its subscribers with the most accurate source of information about the future of technology and the global economy. So if you enjoyed these updates, we hope you'll sign up for a membership at Strategic News Service using the link below this podcast. And I'm here today with Mark Anderson, who is the CEO of Strategic News Service, the chair of Future in Review, and the CEO of Pattern Computer, Pattern now, uh, the most advanced machine learning company on the planet, uh, according to Mark. Well, Lawrence Berkeley Labs and talking to their top AI people at the Department of Energy. So not a, not a bad endorsement. Good endorsement. Uh, but we're today are not talking about machine learning necessarily. We are talking about uh a question that we've been getting a lot uh, in the last couple of weeks from our members and readers. So we thought we would tackle it publicly uh, here on this podcast, which is the Chinese spy balloon and the other unidentified objects that have been shot down for in the last week out of um, Canadian and US airspace. Um, so Mark, the US media has made a really big deal out of the Chinese spy balloon itself and these three subsequent unidentified objects. And I'm curious if you could provide a little more context about this situation. Like are spy balloons like this actually an unusual occurrence? Like you would think being the United States that we would be tracking for these things all the time. And I'm curious why this particular balloon seems to have made, be causing such a kerfuffle. Well, well probably Barrett, we should begin by maybe saying something like, how freeing it is to talk about a subject about which we know absolutely nothing. True. We are not experts on this subject. We are not experts on it. But we are experts on uh, the United States and China and yeah. their relationship. And so I think that's really the context in which we'll be discussing right. this today. Um, I see this as a typical asymmetric warfare uh, Chinese move where um, they don't have the military to fight us outright, and they don't have a history of wanting to. And in fact, you know, their whole their whole cultural military approach is one of um, unrestricted warfare, they call it. So they're constantly looking for ways to degrade the enemy without fighting a fight. Um, Bio-warfare, I would say COVID would be an example of that. Um, it could be with plants or animals. It could be uh, many, many different things, misinformation, division on the internet, cyber spying, theft of IP, things that weaken the enemy, the enemy doesn't even know is happening. Mm -hmm. Might even help you do it. So um, this fits very well in my mind. You know, we're, I think we're sending U-2s and SR-71s and more advanced airplanes than only can you have a name for over China probably every th 13 right, minutes. Right. Um, it wouldn't occur to us to do, you know, around the world in 50 days, 
or whatever you want to call it. Um, just probably not something that a, a military person from the Pentagon would probably think of. Um, we don't need it. We've got a thousand satellites up there or whatever the number is uh, more every day uh, looking in very high detail at everything in China we want to look at. Why would we? And yet here it comes. And so um, some of the military people on the U.S. side have been, as we will today, maybe speculating on what the heck, you know, what, it, what's the well, Uber as, message as, here? As I, as, the spying thing. Yeah, as I yeah. understand it, you know, in, in like this question about like, where, where did this come from? Does it matter? You know? The difference between this spy balloon and normal satellite spying, which happens constantly, is that this balloon in particular had the capability to um, intercept digital communications. I imagine we're doing that too. Right. I yeah. imagine we are as well. Yeah. But that's but that's the stated that's the stated rationale for for the kerfuffle. Okay. Um, I could make up a few things, but we're all just making stuff up. Um, there is a recent novel, I won't name it. Um, I will mention that in an early Tom Clancy book, 911, that attack was previewed quite accurately. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes now that Tom Clancy books were published by the US military. So right. that adds, adds a little interest there. Right. So, you know, sometimes well written novels have information like that. And I recently read one in which the Chinese used um this exact technique for delivering EMP pulses mm -hmm. to America. So, you know, whether it's a small new like that at a high altitude, that's good, right? And then you you have this thing, you no one knows what it is. They think it's a weather balloon. You pop it, it explodes. No one is killed, but every device attached to the internet is nullified. That wipes out all of America. So it would be really smart to get us indoctrinated over time into not worrying about those silly little weather satellites until that one day when it turned out to be a nuke. And it wasn't a nuke to kill Chicago. It was a nuke with an EMP device, which in some ways is much more damaging and dangerous. I've been told, probably wrong, but maybe only four of those we needed to wipe out the entire national internet. So, or the devices that are connected to that internet. So, that would be terrifying. If I were a Pentagon guy, which I'm not, I would be much more worried about that approach right. than about the balloon thing. I also don't believe any word that anyone says from the Pentagon saying, oh, they couldn't see any more than from a satellite. I don't believe that. Oh, that's not what they're saying. Yeah. They're they, saying that, yeah. <laughs> it changes from day to day. Yeah. <laughs> So we agree. Yeah. So I guess my question then is, so there's this question of, you know, is the response and the, and the media, is the U.S. response and the U.S. media uh, escalation of this a, a part of a U.S. propaganda tactic, right? Is no, there some, is there some, uh, you know, if, if, who knows what's going on behind the scenes that we're not seeing? But if the United States is worried about Russia potentially launching some kind of nuclear missile or nuclear attack, and they're concerned that that might come in the form 
of an EMP from China instead of like the obvious thing, which would be like, we're watching for any kind of incursion from Russia. That would be so typical. That would be a typical thing that they might do to work together. Brilliant and typical. So yes, that's um, much greater worry to me. And so, okay, given given that concern, then the reaction actually looks very rational. It is. My question for you is, what is this reaction and this kind of escalation in the U.S. media about the threat from China? Like, what implications does that have, or what does that signal about the U.S. stance toward the China-Russia-Iran-North Korea alliance, the Crink alliance? Um. As the creators of the Invent IP project, which was uh, the first time that anyone in the world knew the real China uh, since 2000, 2003, their new model and what they meant to do and how they meant to steal IP from everyone in the world who was inventing things. We've, we've watched the slow awakening and tried to help of the West to you want to talk about spying for a minute, uh, taking of, Congress estimates $300 billion a year from the United States in spy efforts to take out IP, intellectual mm-hmm. property. I think it's the damage is much higher than that, probably two or three times higher than that every year. And then um, layers and layers of spying. So uh, if you read Sun Tzu, spying is the most important thing in China in warfare. It is the most important thing. For us, it's one of the things. For them, it's the most important thing. So it's it's deeply ingrained in the Chinese military culture that spying is everything. Um, I'm saying all that because there are all these layers going on culturally on both sides. But from our perspective, I think there are two things happening that are not well. I mean, the media has jumped on it, but maybe for the wrong reasons. So... I mentioned one, the EMP device thing. Another would be the violation of sovereignty, period. And um, if you look at Xi Jinping right now, he's in a lot of trouble. So why would he, Why would he? I mean, I think the Pentagon leaders are asking, why do something that's such a screw up? Mm-hmm. It's such an obvious, obvious thing, you know? Why be obvious? And... Um, that's the right question put wrongly, I think. So if you wanted to be, if he wanted to be obvious, why would he want to be obvious? Right. And my guess is it's that old, you know, don't watch the left hand when the right hand. There's something else going on. So maybe what's happening is just that he's so weakened now politically at home that this arrogant thing of sending these over various enemy nations is uh, brilliant. It just shows he's unafraid of the West and he's going to be willing to violate our sovereignty at his own desire, you know, and that's probably true. And so that might actually be deeply true. So I, so I think it's a, it's a show of strength, essentially, that the U.S., look how scared the U.S. is of our spy weather balloon. Yeah, exactly. It's a very, that's what they're selling at home in propaganda makes us look stupid and tiny and overreacting mm-hmm. even though we're not probably mm-hmm. so all of that i'm not sure that directly answers your question but i think 
all these things are context to that. You know, these the, the things that are happening here are almost certainly not the things you see happening. Right. Whatever I assume usually whatever you're seeing in and this is a good rule of thumb in general, whatever headlines you're reading, that's not the real story. There's always something else going on beneath that. And usually oftentimes the, the thing that's really going on below that is weirder. Yeah. Than what what you're seeing reported. Yeah. In most of the the major news cycle. Yes. Um that's right. So on that front, I'm curious, I had a, a conversation with um, the Strategic News Service, our, our China, or sorry, our Asia correspondent last night, Scott Foster, who's based in Tokyo. Um, he also is a correspondent for the Asia Times. And um, I'm one of his more recent pieces was about uh, China having established a new research station in our Antarctica, which was just confirmed last week. And he speculated, I'll, I'll, I'll quote his exact words so I don't uh, undermine his point, but he said, such news reported on February 2nd might have ordinarily set off alarm bells in Washington, but the Americans were too busy watching the large Chinese spy balloon drift above North America. So the, the point of this station in particular is to serve as a ground data transmission point for their satellites, there's about nine of them that have been launched since 2002. Um, and I'm curious, you know, given they're focusing so heavily on resource development and satellite launches uh, and building out um, the Belt and Road Initiative in territories with heavy resource access, um, as well as undersea mining, which is another, I think, resource play. Big deal. Could this just have been a distraction? No, no. Yeah, you couldn't. You shouldn't. Scott shouldn't, and we shouldn't confuse Fox News or CNN and Americans in suburbs with how the Pentagon thinks. So say we're we're distracted. Yeah, the people might be, but the experts aren't. I'm sure there's somebody tracking every damn nail and bolt being put into that Antarctic. You know, and we probably are trying to put spies in there right now. It's hard to do. So um, I, I wouldn't conflate those two things, you know, what the public thinks about some subject because it's good clickbait compared to what the military planners are noticing or, or reacting to. You know, we have, a, we, now we have a, a full military wing for space alone and um, it's got its own theme song and they've got their own uniforms. So um, I'm sure these people are focused entirely on, Chinese satellites, what they are able to do, where they are, any given time of day or night, and who's going to control them from where. Um, I'm sure they've got that covered. All right. Well, thank you, Mark, for helping us get to the bottom of the balloon gate, as I like to call it. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't know yet what the other devices were, just that first yeah. one. Mm -hmm. We may never be told these things. There's a lot going on. We're not going to be told. Um, I guess we've been told now that the original balloon had, in fact, had was a spy balloon had had company markings on it and so on. Mm -hmm. But um, I haven't heard anything yet about the octagonal thing or other things which were any of them. Like, yeah, no. no. Um, it doesn't mean they're not from Russia or from North Korea or somewhere else, but uh, probably from Crink. I think that would be a safe 
assumption. And in general, your question about Creek was a great one, I think, and you know, China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea. We're just moving more and more toward a, a recognition of the opposition, a clear line of opposition in technology, in the military, as an economic war that's been going on for 20 years. These things are really cementing now on the crink side and between East and West. And so what's next? You know, obvious sovereignty. I saw that, uh, the, I think uh, Netherlands had launched an F-35 against Russian planes out of Poland this morning or yesterday. This is gonna be happening all over the place. So why? Is it just harassment? Is it just uh, showing off? Is it something much more? Mm -hmm. Is it defense tests? Probably penetration tests. Right. Which China's been doing a lot of to Taiwan. Um, I, I believe we're, you know, this is good news or bad news. I think having watched World War II and World War I, we uh, hopefully we learned the lesson that it's better to know ahead of time than to stick your head in the sand. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to do that again. So um, maybe part of the job that we've taken on Barrett in at fire and SNS is to be very clear about the warnings ahead of time to people. Uh, we named crank. We were the first ones to do that. We've clearly called out the Chinese aggressive economic policy against its so-called friends, which were actually enemies. And uh, and now here we go with the military part of this. It just keeps rolling out. And I I do believe that the West has awakened, you know, just in the last 12 months. Mm -hmm. So we've our, our, our friends, Japan and the Philippines and Australia, um, you know, in, the, in Asia and South Sea and um, all over the world are now unifying to new alliances literally by the day, by the week in response to recognizing this warning. And any part we've played, we'll probably be proud of having played. But for our people who are watching this podcast, it's game on. Well. That's it. I don't disagree with you. All right. And I hate, and I hate, <laughs> although I hate to end with a conversation on that note, I think, I think you're right. People should hear it. Yeah, it is important for people to know. Thanks, Brett. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mark. See you soon.